Welcome back to the Express Yourself Black Man Podcast. My name is Kizzle, or Kofi, and I'm a mental health advocate, public speaker, and founder of A Kizzle Brand, which is a project aimed at raising awareness for depression and helping people through difficult times. Studies show that on average, men lose 2.8 years of their life when they're under heavy stress. The point of this podcast is for me to gain those 2.8 years back. As a black man, society often tries to tell me what I can, can't do, or talk about which can often leave me feeling trapped. And so this podcast is my release. And if you're listening to this podcast right now on a podcast streaming platform, I just want you to know that this episode is actually uploaded on YouTube. You can watch this episode on YouTube. So if you'd like to do that, please head over to YouTube, type in Express Yourself Black Man Podcast. You can type in the episode number or the episode title and the episode will pop up. Please, please, please do us a favor, regardless of if you're going to watch the episode on YouTube or not, subscribe to our channel, Express Yourself Black Man. That is where the platform is moving. Right now, we are heavily based on Instagram. And while that is dope, Instagram does not pay us for the content that we post. So that means we spend hours making content, which helps you guys, but doesn't really help us to build a platform outside of building new followers. And while that's great, it's not enough. So please head over to YouTube. That way, it's a win-win for both of us. You guys get extra free content, and we get paid for the content that we post, while also having the opportunity to have a larger impact and a larger reach to the black community. So if you rock with us, if you support us, if you're interested in helping us further the platform, please take some time out of your day to subscribe to us on YouTube. Express yourself, black man. I'll give y'all a couple seconds to do that before the episode actually starts. Regardless of what you decide to do, I appreciate you for listening. All right, so we're here with Amani. Amani is a marriage and family therapist, and she does a lot of different things in the community. So I just want Amani to talk about that. Yes. So like Kizzy said, I am a marriage and family therapist. I'm located in Long Island, New York. I work for a private practice in Manhattan. So I really focus on working with not only individuals, but I specialize in working with a lot of couples and families. And just to dive a little bit into how my business page and like my website and everything came about was as I was continuing to work with couples and families, I started to know this, that like, wow, everybody kind of has their own individual stuff. And that's actually like playing out in the way that they're able to relate to others. So seeing that kind of like learning that in school and then also doing a lot of my own inner work, I was able to really birth Imani in Touch, which is my Instagram page. So I always tell people everything you see on there, I'm most likely talking about myself because I've gone right. through it. Right. But, you know, in my name, my name means faith. It means belief. And in touch, like I'm very intuitive. I'm in tune in terms of like what's happening just in our generation, right. in our community, what's happening for everybody just like deep down. So being able to put out, put that out there is really awesome. And I also recently started some coaching services. So that's a little bit different from therapy because I'm not diagnosing you with anything, um, but I'm more so just having like a conversation with you and I'm serving as a guide, a vessel to really guide you through to self-actualization. That's what I like to call right. it. Right. Okay. So today I posted, right? I posted mm -hmm. about why black men don't heal after being cheated on. Mm -hmm. And you and I went back and forth in the comments a little bit about, I used the word transactional. And I remember getting that from a post that you made about transactional versus transcendent. Right? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And so I wanted you to speak a little bit more about that because I feel like a lot of times I have conversations with black men and they'll say, well, my wife is my wife and she's supposed to do this, 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 and this. And mm-hmm. it's like a role-based kind of relationship. Me personally, that's not the relationship I want to have with my wife. I'd prefer her to be my friend, be my confidant. I don't want her to just have specific roles and designated tasks that she does just because she is my wife. So what do you, what did you mean by transactional versus transcendent? What does that, what does that look like? Can you break that down a little bit? Yeah. So pretty much when I made that post, I was like, let me actually go back and see like exactly what I put. Mm-hmm. But from what I can remember, transactional relationships are very just, you give me what I need and, you know, vice versa. And what happens is that when the person isn't giving you what it is that you need anymore, the relationship is now expired. So for example, when you're going to the store and you give the cashier money and they give you back your goods, the transaction is over once you get what you want. Right. So it's the same thing that happens like in our relationships. We all have like these unresolved inner wounds from our childhood, from previous relationships and experiences mm-hmm. that we kind of just bring into relationships. And we have all of these expectations and we need our partner to change in this way and look this way and act this way. Um, when really it's just us trying to fill our own agenda through someone else. And it never, ever, ever works that way. And that's one of the things that I wish I would have learned a long time ago. But I am so glad that I've learned it now. So that's pretty much what transactional relationships, the majority of relationships that you see today are that, very transactional. Mm -hmm. As soon as you are not fulfilling my needs anymore, I am out of here. So when I talk a lot about transcendent love, it's really, you know, I love you for who you are. I love you because you are a reflection of me. So, you know, when I talk about this, I guess sometimes people like turn their head to the side a little bit. What do you mean a reflection of me? What are you talking about, Imani? That doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, so break that down. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your, your relationships with other people is pretty much like a mere reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a relationship with someone that you feel is treating you like really crappy, Mm -hmm. um, and you're kind of just staying there tolerating it, it's probably because nine times out of 10, you treat yourself really crappy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just a mere reflection And the same thing. Like if you're in a healthy relationship, you know, most likely in a healthy relationship, both people are whole on their own. They're healthy on their own. And pretty much what you're doing is just enhancing each other throughout the relationship. So when you're experiencing a transcendent love, it's really understanding that this person is an individual and they're just reflecting the love that I already have for myself. That's the love that just kind of like bounces off of each other as we go through the relationship. So we cultivate that safe space. We cultivate authenticity together. So we don't have like this, all of this fear-based trauma response, like stuff Mm -hmm. that happens a lot of the times in relationships. So a part of transcendent love is like kind of understanding that we do not own people. Mm -hmm. I'm always a big advocate on this because this is the, this is the struggle of being a human being. We are taught that we attached to people and we own them. And that's why we have things like marriage and saying, this is my husband, this is my wife. Like, this is my, like, I don't want to say object, but. That's what yeah. kind of comes off as. Yeah. Wow, this is my yeah. husband. I never mm-hmm. thought of it like that. My. My, yeah. It's mine. So what you do is like after that, you you take the person's autonomy away because now like you're, you've become like a part of myself, but like in an attachment based way. Not in like, I respect you and you respect me and, you know, you have the autonomy to do whatever you feel is best for you. And as soon as I see that that's not a reflection of me anymore, then, you know, we start to 
part ways, but I can still love you right. through that, mm. you know? But we just, we, we're conditioned to kind of just be in relationships that are very attachment-based. That's why you right. see, I, I have conversations with people all the time about like, oh, I, marriage is just not the same anymore. Like, you know, um, okay. our grandparents, yeah. they, they were good together for like 80, 90 years. And I'm like, yeah, and grandpa or grandma, whoever, mm-hmm. was probably unhappy. Or, right. you know, that's how you end up kind of having like 20, 30 kids somewhere else. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just... Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually learned about that earlier this year as I started to just get more into my own spirituality and then also working with my clients and doing more of my inner work. Mm-hmm. But I also really dived into that um, for when my when my grandfather passed away last month. Mm-hmm. I saw I, I, it, I, it was almost like I became a witness to myself to see like even in that process how attached I was, right. like. Like, you know, of course you're going to grieve. Of course you're going to cry and everything. But it's that, you know, I I love him enough now to understand that, like, that's just the next part of his life's journey. We all have to do it. I don't have any control of that. So, of course, I experience those emotions. But it's loving and honoring, you know, just that the soul of a person, not just this, like, construct that we... We make. Yeah. And we hold on to. Man. Mm -hmm. So, throughout all of that, you said so much. And I wanted to to come back to the part where you talked about a lot of us are in transactional relationships. Mm-hmm. So for the person listening right now, that's like, damn, I'm in a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. What are some tips or like advice you would give them if they're trying to make the change to transcendent? Yeah. So I would say the first thing is to just kind of get really clear about what your needs actually are. And this is another thing that I talk about on my page a lot about being, a lot of us are codependent, like Mm -hmm. pretty much none of us had the autonomy to express ourselves and stuff like that. So we conformed and, you know, the whole spiel, you know, when you're not really clear on what your needs are. And every time I work with my clients, I always tell them this, like, you have to know the difference between your wants and your needs in relationships. Like Mm. your needs depend on the survival of the relationship. They're not desires. You need it for it to thrive. Right. You have to be very clear about what your what your needs are because if you don't know that, you're kind of just doing whatever. You're, you're you can't show up in any space authentically if you don't know what your needs are because you're just right. conforming to everyone else. So you get with your partner; they're doing things that you don't like, but you're going with it anyway because you don't want to jeopardize the connection. Right. And now you're just unstuck in an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. What are some like? What are some common needs that you think? are are part part of most relationships like i have my own i think personally like you have to have security mm-hmm. and that may look different for most people right um there there must be trust like i need mm-hmm. to be able to trust you we mm-hmm. need to be able to communicate with each other and we mm-hmm. need to know each other's love languages like those right. those for me are the most important like security communication trust and like being able to identify our love languages and, and i guess love each other in those ways so that we right. know that we're receiving love the right way and we're giving love the right way. But what would you say are some like ones that are definitely like needs? Yeah. So your needs pretty much kind of just depend on whatever your values are. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I could really value like knowing that my partner is always going to be near, knowing that I can text them and they're going to answer. I'm going to call, mm-hmm. I call them and it, it, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So my need is like that closeness. Mm-hmm. So if I'm with somebody who also values closeness and values mm-hmm. that type of like 
mm-hmm. you know, level of intimacy, then we're compatible. Right. So it's just like my needs are really kind of, they're really masked into like what my values are. And it's just kind of like being with someone who has similar, if not the same values that you have. Right. So I think, I, I think like that, for that question, everybody's needs are different. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, but like two codependent people can like actually probably be in a healthy relationship. You know what's crazy? <laughs> wow. I, you know what's so crazy? I really was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. I was like, yo, if we had two, so we're, we're talking about like basically like attachment styles now. In my right, mind, right, right. Yeah. If there are two anxious, insecure people, right? Mm-hmm. And they're in a relationship, they would love it. <laughs> they would love it. And you know yeah. what's, and you know what's even more wild? Like I am messing with someone right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say messing, but dating, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. Dating yeah. Someone, right? Mm-hmm. And, I know that person is anxious, insecure. Okay. And I'm, I'm obviously healing my anxious insecurity, but you know, I still, we can even you, back in. Yeah, you yeah. know, even, even <laughs> though you get to that point where you feel like you've earned that secure attachment, you still have your moments where you right. go back into it. And that still will always be underlying regardless right. of what you, you do to heal. Right. So we are just two peas in a pot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm just like, yo. Intimacy, intimacy. I love it here. Intimacy, I love it you know? here. And she's like, intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And I'm just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. We are doing the damn thing. So I yeah. definitely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There's two people, like, even, even if you have an unhealthy attachment style, there is a chance that if you meet somebody with the same exact attachment style <laughs> as you, yeah, I would probably be good. Yeah. Like, even if you look at it from an avoiding attachment style perspective. Right, right. Two avoiding attachment styles could probably be good. So right. it's, it's so interesting that we just had that, that we, that you just mentioned that because yeah. now I'm starting to think like, hmm, maybe if someone doesn't want to heal their attachment style, at least identify it. Right, right. So that you know how to identify it in others. Exactly. And then you can be able to make sure that you're attracting people that will be able to meet your needs because essentially, mm-hmm. if you have an unhealthy attachment style, your needs look different. You get right. what I'm saying? Like an avoiding right. attachment style's needs is much different than an anxious exactly. insecure attachment style's needs. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like literally now you look at it and it's just like, this is why we have all these questions and all these issues. It's because I made this post the other day, incompatibility. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's just like, oh, let's just not even consider right. that right. that could possibly be a factor because I'm just so desperate to make this thing work. Right. And it's just like, that's also another thing that you got to kind of like check like why does it need why does it need to work out with this person like why are you putting limitations around like the way that you are able to love and show up authentically Mm, wow i have never really sat down and like thought about it in those terms i've done all this research about attachment styles but Mm -hmm. i have never really sat down and said hmm does everybody really need to get to secure i know i (laughs) That's I like know, the goal. I right. know ideally, yeah, we should all be pushing for security, right? Right, right. Um, and I've obviously everybody's on a different spectrum. There's gonna be mm-hmm. some avoidance that are like, all right, you definitely need to come come back mm-hmm. a little bit more to the secure side. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about those like extreme cases. I'm talking about people that are just avoidant, that just really just want that individuality, uh, just right. like, a little bit more than other people. Right. They really need to do all of that inner work to get to security. It would make them a better a overall better person when it comes to dealing with relationships mm-hmm. but 
if they were able to find someone that was also avoided, they probably would be good. Yeah. But then again, I also want to add the caveat that sometimes different relationships can bring out different attachment styles. So it you changes, can be avoided right. and then get mm-hmm. with an avoidant person and then end up being anxious and insecure. So right. you right. still may want to do the work, but I, just want, <laughs> I, th- I think it's, I just think it's interesting. Like if you want a temporary fix. Right. Yeah. I just, I just think it's interesting that we came to that, that point. Like, wow, yeah. two, two insecure attachments could possibly get into a relationship and be good if they were to keep the same attachment. Right. Right. As long as it's because the thing is, it's like when you're, cause the opposite of codependent is like a narcissist. So the thing is, mm-hmm. it's like, they're both, insecure esteems within itself but it's like they're not compatible like their needs are just two different things right. one is the taker one is the giver and it's just keep it keeps just going like this right right, right so you're right, always right. missing each other so it's like mm-hmm. a narc with a narc and a codependent mm-hmm. with a codependent now we've and created some type not everybody, of not everybody's happy <laughs> oh man wow yeah and you know what i was doing when i um since we're on a we're on the topic of attachment styles Mm-hmm. When I was doing a lot of research and like reading into like attachment styles and attachment style healing and all this different stuff, one of the big things that I kept on seeing mentioned that I thought was so unconventional was like, if you are insecure attachment style, get in a relationship with someone that's secure and you'll be good. And I was just <laughs> like, what? This is, that's true. But I've seen it in multiple places where they're like, well, if you're in a relationship with someone that's secure, they would help you to get to the point where you are more secure because essentially... The, the, the thought process is that they're secure, so they know how to love. They will know how to deal with, you know, their intimate moments, and right. they know how to they'll know how to operate in their individuality. So, mm-hmm. regardless of what insecurity you have as far as your attachment style, they will be able to cope and deal with it and give you the love that you want to receive. So, at some point in time, you'd get to that earned secure attachment. Not with everybody, right? But at some, some most some people would get to that point. So, I just always found that very interesting. Because it talks about like healing your attachment style with you not doing too much of the work yourself. Like you're still going to have to do the work, but you wouldn't be doing too much of the work yourself. And so that's what us coming to that like insecure with insecure point reminded me of because I was like, wow, okay. It's kind of reminds me of if you are insecure attachment style, you get with someone that's secure, they could help you get to that point that you, you could heal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the most, the most they can really do is kind of just like influence you a little bit. Right. But then it goes back to like the idea of, you know, it it ends up being a mirror. Like this person's just going to show you all the things that you're lacking within yourself. Right. So you're either just going to end up saying like, okay, let me be influenced by my partner and Mm -hmm. try to take on some of these healthier attachment styles, or it'll kind of, I'll look back at myself like, why don't I have that? And it'll just spiral into nothingness. Yeah, that's true. I guess it does matter how much influence your partner has on you Mm -hmm. in your decision making. Oh, man. Yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah. And and you know what's very interesting? I've seen a lot of people, like, people change when they get into relationships. Like, if you get in a relationship with someone that's not really the the greatest person in the world, you can get influenced to, you know, to be doing, depending on how strong of, you know, strong-minded of a person you are, you can get influenced to become someone different. I've mm-hmm. seen that happen where people get in a relationship and like they're completely different, like they're a completely different person. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, okay. It's just, yeah, I, I find that very, very interesting how much influence our, our partners have on our decision making. Yeah. Like, even if you're strong minded. Yeah. Because your partner, we, we've learned that your partner has to become like 
a part of yourself, but like in just the most unhealthy way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we really do not allow people to kind of have autonomy. So that's why like usually when relationships end, like one of the things you'll hear people say is like, oh, I completely lost myself in the relationship. Yep. Like, no, like you were already lost before you even right, got right, the relationship. Right, right. You just like started morphing yourself like into that person where you went back to exactly where you were before. You just feel it. Not that your heart is aching. Man, I had someone hit me up today and we were talking. He was like, man, Kofi, thank you so much. I just left that toxic relationship. I don't know how I was in that relationship for so long. And I was like, damn, I can relate because I know where he's at now. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like at some point in time, he was like clouded. Mm -hmm. Thought process, not really processing what's going on around him. And now that he's outside of it, he's like, damn, what the hell was I doing? (laughs) Like you turn back around and just look at all the destruction. This right, like- right. Like, wow, I was doing that. You know, like, <laughs> man, that was me, yeah. honestly. Like, after I got cheated on, I sat down with myself and I was like, bro, what the hell what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you even let it get to this point? You know, like, yeah. you saw all the red flags. I was literally running. I was literally running red lights literally <laughs> every time i saw a red light i was like you know what it's, a, it's good we can it's go. all good it's right. all good these are just yeah. suggestions like right no one even really follows <laughs> these rules to be exactly honest. right oh my god and i always talk about it like we had conversations we would have multiple conversations where mm-hmm. she would be like nah i don't really want to get married i'm like ah, okay 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 and like what i would do mentally would be like she's gonna change her mind but eventually mm-hmm. it got to the point where I was like, I'm, I, I really started to change my mind. I was like, well, we don't really need to get married. It's, it's all good. Like, now you're marriage ain't that, you, right. you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm, we talk about, like the influence our partners have on us, especially right. if we don't know who we truly are and we aren't right. identifying what our boundaries are and what our needs are as well in a relationship. Yeah. So yeah, that was one of them. And then on top of that, she didn't want to have kids and I wanted to have kids and we would have all these different conversations this about stuff. For disaster. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> we have all these different conversations about stuff and it just would never materialize. Yeah. And I remember asking her, I remember asking her and I've never really told the story about like how we ended up getting, how we ended up like really breaking up and how I ended up like finding out that I got cheated on. But mm-hmm. I remember asking her, I said to her, where do you see this relationship going? No, actually, I said, why do you want to be in a relationship with me? Okay. Right? Pretty pretty simple, mm-hmm. pretty simple question, right? Like, if I was to ask you that right now, I'm sure you have a whole multitude have an answer. Right. Of, 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 you know, uh, of answers as to why you know you're in a relationship. You'd be right. good. You're like, yeah, yeah, this, 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 and this. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm expecting because at that moment, I needed security, right? right. I was feeling a little insecure. I was actually connecting some dots in my head and things weren't making sense. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just fire off a question, get that security that I need, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, I got to get back to you on that. I said, what the hell are you talking about? And in my head, I was like, oh, hell no. You can't run this light. Like, there, there, there's a full-on train coming at this right. point. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, what is going on? So after she said that, right? She ended up going to Atlanta. So she goes to Atlanta. She's, I remember she was in med school. So I didn't want to bother her too much about like vacations and trips that she was going on. So she told me like after the semester was over, she's going to Atlanta. Mind you, I had spent like two, three months with her in the middle of a pandemic in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm chilling. 
Mm -hmm. I'm good because we were doing long distance. I had came to Arizona. We did two, three months in Arizona. I was like, I'm good. I don't even need to spend any more time with you. Go to, go to Atlanta, please. And I'm going to go back to New York because I'm good. Right? (laughs) Go to New York. Mind you, this is the type of girl. She is calling me 24-7. It don't matter where she's at. She's going to FaceTime me at some point in time. You get what okay. I'm saying? She gets to Atlanta. I don't get no FaceTimes. I'm not tripping because I'm like, I get my autonomy back. I'm chilling, right? Yeah. So, and in the midst of all of this, remember, we haven't even had the conversation about why we're in a relationship. Yeah. So she comes back from Atlanta and she gets on the phone with me and she's like, yeah, you know, I just want to let you know. I got to let you go because I was on a plane and I was thinking about it and I really don't have a reason as to why I'm in a relationship and I just can't hold on to you for this and blah, blah, blah. And she's crying and she's crying. So I feel bad. I'm like, damn, why are you crying about this? Because she never really cried before. Mm-hmm. But she had cheated already in Atlanta. So she's crying about the cheating in Atlanta and she's sitting here trying to break up with me, right? And pretend like it's about the whole question and, the, and, right. her, and her not knowing where the relationship is going, right? So she lies, basically. So I'm com- I'm comforting her. I'm like, yo, nah, it's all good. Like, I really mess with you. You don't even got to be tri- You don't got to trip. Because at this point, mentally, I'm already gone. Like, I already yeah. knew this ain't this ain't what it is. So I'm chilling. Yeah. So next day, next day, she calls me back. And she's like, uh, yeah, you know, Kofi, I have to tell you something. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's up? What's going on, right? I'm on cloud nine because basically the day before we had established, like, we basically going to be friends with benefits. So in okay. my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, we, I'm out of a relationship. I'm going to still be in that. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking I'm on top of the world. Mm-hmm. So the next day she called me back. Yeah, Kofi, I got to tell you something. When I was in Atlanta, I ended up kissing this guy. I can't remember what the guy's name is. Okay. Right? She's like, I ended up kissing this guy. So I'm thinking to myself, like, well, first of all, hold up. There's no way on earth. There's no way on earth. First thought to my mind is like, kissed. And I asked myself in my head, I'm like, wait, does that mean you got cheated on? And then I started thinking to myself, yo, you got, I got cheated on just now. So then I asked, I was like, yo, you cheated on me? And then she goes, well, and I'm like, yo, you cheated on me. She's like, yeah, but. Hung up the phone, boom. Threw the phone after that. Tight. Yeah. Because in my head, I know this girl. Yeah. I know this girl. First of all, I know this girl. She ain't just doing no damn kiss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She ain't just doing no damn kiss. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'ma just leave it at that. Yeah. So this is just my assumption. I'm not gonna go out and say that she did X, Y, and Z. She told me mm-hmm. she kissed him, so I'm gonna just go off that. Yeah. But I listen, I ain't I don't believe it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go through that whole process of just trying to figure out like why the hell I spent so much time in that. Yeah. Like, why did I let it get to that point? Mm-hmm. Man. And so like, yeah. the, the whole story was me just um, relating to the guy that DM me and he was like, yo, bro, I just got out of that toxic relationship, bro. Thank you so wow. much. I can't, yeah. I, I don't even understand. I can't, I don't understand why I was in this relationship for so long. Like, I'm talking toxic where it's like physical abuse. He's getting hit. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah, he's getting hit. And this is something that we don't talk about enough either. Like, mm-hmm. man be getting hit. It happens. Hit. Yeah, it definitely happens. Like, a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, 
it's it happens a lot and a lot of times we don't say nothing about it because it's like i mean it don't really be hurting mm -hmm. but at the same time it's toxic bro yeah because think about it put your put yourself in a man's shoes mm -hmm. you get slapped in the face you're tight mm -hmm. okay you're 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 pissed what the hell are you supposed to do about that you can't even <laughs> just, do just nothing stand, just stand there right you can't even do nothing. You get slapped and you're supposed to just stand there and take it. If you push her off you, now you're abusive. Mm -hmm. It's it's wild. And this is what he was talking about. He was telling me like, yeah, you know, I pushed her off me. And she's telling her friends that I'm a, I was abusive. Oh. Because he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to stay out the way. Mm -hmm. Stay out the mix and stay out of, stay out of getting hit. But he, there's nothing that you can really do in that situation. So it's really tough. I got I've had a few men talk about like talk about just being hit. And I'm just like, yo, bro, that's not that's yeah, not cool, bro. Like I've yeah. had men say, yo, I can't do that because my girl will hit me. Oh wow. It's like this is like, just a, not the even, thought at this point. Yeah, like that's <laughs> like how she I guess she sets her boundaries basically. It's like, nah, don't do that. Boom. And I'm like, bro, what? Like that's not okay. But for them, that's normal in their relationship. So I'm just like, uh, I don't really know. It's yeah. not much that I can really say in that in that situation, but this, this does happen with men. Yeah, just so just just unclear of what it is that's like even happening in the relationship. Unclear of what you even want in a relationship. That's all toxic relationships and unhealthy relationships birth. Just confusion mm -hmm. and chaos, and it's like that addiction to that chaos in the relationship, that inconsistency. It's a familiar feeling for most of us from childhood. Um, so you've like just learned to relate to love in those ways of like inconsistency, chaotic, like mm -hmm. that's the only way you feel like you feel that chemistry, but it's just trauma. Oh my Lord. Traumatic. Is that traumatic reenactment? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. And trauma bonding like in, in relationships in a way too. Yeah, man. On that note. Uh, <laughs> We can, we can end it right there. So I just want you to give your IG and information where people can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, imani.intouch, Imani in touch. And on my website, www.imaniintouch.com. You can also find me on Twitter. Same thing, Imani in touch. Pretty much all my handles. Facebook, Imani Tut. That's my last name. Mm -hmm. But you'll find everything pretty much on there. So mm -hmm. I'm also taking clients, coaching clients. So mm -hmm. if anyone would like to book a session, you can book it from the link in my bio on my Instagram or just send me a DM. Let's chat. Dope. Imani is dope. Don't play <laughs> yourself. Her sessions are going to get booked up and then you're going to be tight. And then also do your do your own uh, homework. Figure out what your attachment style is. There's a bunch of quizzes. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of different information. And if you don't want to, you know, look up a lot of stuff, then go get that ebook from Her and the Healing, The Black Man's Got to Feeling. I have a whole chapter on it where we yeah. talk about all the different attachment styles and give you a whole guide on how you can identify it and it'll also heal. So definitely do the work. It's worth it. Even if you don't want to heal, as we've talked about in the episode, there are benefits just to finding out what your attachment style is. So right. Amani, thank you so much. Thank you I for having you. me. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this episode. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. So I really hope you got some valuable insight. And I hope I helped in some capacity, whether it be through the platform or the podcast. If you'd like to support for free, you can like this video, 
if you're on YouTube, or you can share and subscribe regardless of what platform you're listening to the episode on. If you'd like to support monetarily, now we're talking, you can go to shop.expressyourselfblackman.com and get yourself some merch. We have a hoodie, we have sweatsuits, we have shirts, we have hats. We also have an ebook on how to heal where I discuss breakups, depression and suicidal ideations, anxiety and attachment styles. I go in depth about my story with dealing with all of those things and then I explain how to heal in an easy guide. It's easy to follow. It's easy to go from reading to implementing. So if you're interested in that as well, it's in the shop. The book is called From Hurting to Healing, A Black Man's Guide to Feeling. So consider supporting monetarily. But regardless of how you support, I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day.